0: Licensed esthetician and spa business strategist, joined by my beautiful co host Lee Wick.
1: Woo! Hello!
0: For those of you that don't know, Lee is a licensed master esthetician and owner of Vanity Skin and Makeup, the first all Vanity alternative- Makeup and Skin. Oh, see, see. Messing <laughs> up the notes already, Richard. <laughs> well, you guys,
1: we're in it. We're here. Beep. Welcome. <laughs> It's fine. We were just talking about what. It, can I swear already? It's, of course. Uh, this this December is just a shit show, so
0: it's fine. Producer, is there any issues <laughs> with cursing on our? He
1: doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's right
0: (laughs) we will just go ahead and mark this one from a my audience start over and
1: take two (laughs) let's
0: just skip the intro guys we're talking about crisis management can you tell we're in crisis we're literally crisis (laughs) it's the holidays yes the holidays are crazy This year, they seem to be a little on the extra crazy. (laughs) They are
1: really wild this year. They are double dosing us this year. And totally, like like you said earlier, it's very different than other years. Yeah. I don't even have anything to relate it to. No. It's very weird. No. Hence
0: the crisis. My clients call me and we get on these calls and I just want to hug them because I don't have another answer right now. Mm -hmm. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. But that's not what we want to hear. No. But for those of you that have worked with Richard Merrill Consulting, you know that one of the biggest things for me is creating plans for problems before they are a problem. It's really the thing that I talk about and where I pride myself. And so we're in, we're in the holidays. <laughs> yes. We're not going to do much of the before, but maybe today's conversation will help us get through this year. Lee? Yes. What's your favorite part of the holiday season? Look at you
1: getting back on track. That is so, so impressive. Um, My favorite part of the holiday season, it is probably like the energy. The energy in the air, you know, is so cool because everybody really wants to be, especially I feel like this is the first year people are at, consumers are actually moving kind of the way. They were prior to COVID, even though their spending habits are very different prior to COVID, the movement and the want and the intent, you can feel that they're ready. Yeah, the engagement. That's a great way to say it because I love that. Um, That's my favorite part of the holiday season, just that buzz in the air.
0: Well, I love festivals. I love events. I have missed four of them already. They've been on the calendar. We get ready. (laughs) We get dressed. (laughs) We get excited. And then... (laughs) <laughs> it gets here, and I'm like, oh, I guess I missed that.
1: I try to, but I I mean, I. the wonderful part about being so booked out is that sometimes I miss even, A, knowing about the festival until it's too late. That's fair. And, B, I'm already booked for something. And so, yeah, I've, I feel, yeah, I understand. My
0: mom has one job. Put it on the calendar. That's right. So half of the appointments she puts on my calendar are doctor's appointments and the other <laughs> half of them are, this is something I think we should do. And I go, okay. That's right. And if it's not there, but even, and if you've ever heard me talk, I say put it on the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't it exist. It does
1: not exist. Absolutely. It, it could
0: be on the calendar and still get skipped. It can be. Welcome Absolutely. to December.
1: Yep. yep. What are your favorite parts of the holidays?
0: I love festivals. I love um, yeah. events. I actually went this weekend. I haven't posted photos yet, but I saw your story. I went to the north west winter fest and for mm-hmm. those of you not in spokane that don't know what that is it's a really cool little light ceremony with lanterns and they have this painted tree section where they tell you about traditions of the holidays around cool. the world
1: Aww. and
0: i learned so much so i'll share Um, photos on social along with the link because you can see the trees and the information on their website. But I felt so like I'm all into learning about different cultures. I love that. But I can't remember off the top of my head now, but one of the, I think it was India, Mm -hmm. does not have 365 days in their year. They only have 354. Oh. Their calendar is different than ours. Okay. I was like, who knew? We're just making new calendars. I didn't know.
1: That's really interesting. I like that kind of... um educational opportunity as well.
0: And that's my thing. I like, um, we had planned to go over in Bremerton. They have a St. Lucia mm-hmm. bonfire, um, which is a Viking, tra- Viking yes. tradition. I love those things. I love learning about what other cultures do and seeing how people celebrate because we're all very unique
1: mm-hmm.
0: in our beliefs, in our behaviors. And so that's really I love it. I tried to find those things. I did miss the tree lighting, though, in both Bremerton and Spokane.
1: Yeah. Both of them. Nice I know. both of them. I know. Meh.
0: Okay, now here's the real question. What is the most stressful part of the holidays for you?
1: Um, so the most stressful part this holiday is dealing with the uh, consumer's reaction to the economy mm-hmm. and the financial struggles and fear that's floating around right now with all consumers, and we're all feeling it. Mm -hmm. And I've finally started to feel some of that in my business with people having to reevaluate their finances. Um, A lot of my clients travel, so I understand the gas prices are even an issue. The winter is even an issue. Um, Lots of, of those variables that really haven't been a reason for people to cancel prior, um, are now people are really reevaluating and canceling appointments. And as a business owner, we, I never get freaked out about canceling appointments. There's gaps in schedules that are learning opportunities and reevaluation opportunities. But as a practitioner, also myself, I'm like, well, what the heck now I have a gap and what am I going to do? And so then you just kind of start to, it, it feels way more hectic when, there's so many unknowns and so many variables right now. So that's the part, the most stressful part for this year. And trying to really reacquaint my clients with my procedures and my policies um, because they haven't had to be reminded of them in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And still respecting them and wanting to keep their business, but also wanting to respect my business. Yes, um, That's been a super, um, a great reminder for me Circa, you know, seven years ago when I first started out, I was having these talks with myself to just calm down. <laughs>
0: Breathe in through <laughs> the nose right. and out through the mouth.
1: And you still love all these people, just calm down. And so that has been a nice reminder, because I've had seven years, and I'm still up six percent for the year, so I don't really know why I'm freaking out, but I've really I, this is the perfect day for us to talk about this crisis situation. I,
0: I thought so too. And you know, what's interesting um, as someone who depends on you having clients so that you can afford to com- confidently invest in me, you know, I'm seeing the impact this year. I'm actually down 12% over last
1: year. And you would because your client is the esthetician.
0: Right. Yes. My, my-
1: and at Vane I am down as well from, but in my, in Vain's defense, I had my medical issue. And so, you know that, but vanity is up. 6% even despite my medical issue. You know what I'm saying? And growing. So, growing? Yeah, and growing, yes.
0: New faces coming yes, soon. Yes, yes. Super excited. Got to celebrate the the wins, the big, the small and everything in between.
1: Well, not that that I'm happy that you're down, but it comforts me that you're also feeling that um other estheticians cuz you often feel like you're in an island. As a business owner, as yes. a solo practitioner, you feel really isolated and you feel like it's you're doing something wrong. You're doing you're not good enough. All that those lies and that the devil gets in there and starts to repeat the same old record that, you know, your business isn't good enough. Nobody wants. And I realize that's all nonsense. So the fact that all of your, you know, I I I'm glad I'm not alone. I mean, I know that really. I do my
0: best not to publicize my panic attacks. Correct. Um, but I do <laughs> let's have just put them. it on the interwebs right now. I do have them. Um, I try to be as positive yes. out in the world as I can be without breaching the line of toxic positivity. <laughs> um, I try to keep it realistic and I just we could not be
1: friends if you were a toxic positive.
0: I used we to couldn't. be. I'm recovering. Yes, thank um, you. And part of it is is that I've just learned to be more acceptance. Something we've talked about that radical, radical acceptance, acceptance, yes, um, which I've interweaved into a lot of my posts lately. Yeah, um, I'd have to say, my the most stressful part of the holidays for me in general, always, and this year is no different, is managing expectations and obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like it's important to be part of community, be part of family, be part of everything. I, I like people events typically um, that shifted a little bit post-COVID. I I became a little bit reclusive, but this year I'm learning, you know, I spent the holiday Thanksgiving holiday with family Mm -hmm. and I probably will not be spending the Christmas holiday with family because I've got some big deadlines of my own that I want to achieve. But there's this pressure Mm -hmm. to want to engage with our family, our friends, the events going on in our community. And we want to do it all. And I think as business owners, none of those are big deals, but in our hearts and our minds, they feel so overwhelming to say no. Yes. And we don't want to disappoint anybody. We don't want anybody to be unhappy with us because when somebody's unhappy with us, it means now we have to manage that part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year, I have become really mm-hmm. vigilantly aware. Of when I start to feel panic creep in,
1: yeah, that's um, so
0: important. And it's in and it's almost in every aspect of my life in my you know love relationships, in my professional relationships, in my family. Just I've learned that I I tend to have this whole freak out in my mind and in my private space. Um, and when I went through my divorce, it creeped out publicly mm-hmm. beyond my knowledge, but I've become so aware of it. I think yeah. through that experience and now having another opportunity to kind of go through some big moments, I'm just looking at them so differently. Mm. I really think it comes down to being able to stop, take a breath, reevaluate. I call it assess and prioritize mm-hmm. um, in the coaching program. And something that was offered to me recently too is to stop calling myself a coach or a consultant. And to call myself a strategist. I don't know if anybody caught that. Oh, that's opening. impressive.
1: That's really good.
0: Because there's an expectation, and we're talking about managing expectations mm-hmm. and obligations. There's an expectation with coaches and consultants that we're going to do a lot of the footwork, <laughs> which can <laughs> be true right. for the right price. But yes. However, if we're looking for a budget friendly solution, that is why courses exist. And, you know, I learned, I think in the last six months, I have really learned that I really had a negative mindset around courses, Mm -hmm. which is why my course is constantly in this upheaval of change because I want it to be the best course anybody's ever seen.
1: Best is subjective.
0: Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got some very validating information recently. Somebody told me, that they are currently in the Goldman Sachs $10,000 business cohort, whatever it's called. Um, and they were copying and pasting from their Trello board.
1: Oh, good for you. To
0: get through yeah. that. So I was like, wow, what a what a compliment. Yeah. But in that same compliment, I was able to literally have this sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. And it totally re-evalu- helped me reevaluate and go, you know what? You are doing exactly what you want to do. Yes, Stop freaking out. Yes. Take a breath. Yes. And let's look at what we have planned to happen. And then if it's not happening the way that we want it to happen, how can we assess and prioritize? Which brings us into today's topic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Crisis management. Crisis is really the panic that you feel when you don't have a solution to a problem that's in front of you. Yeah. I'm going to say that one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Crisis is the response that you have or feel when you don't have a solution to the problem that's in front of you.
1: That's a really wonderful way to say that because as soon as you said that, I had a, I'm sure you could see it on my face, Mm -hmm. I had a um, little come to Jesus with myself that I actually do have solutions to all of my problems. So I, none of these are crisis. And I think as spa owners... <laughs> Which I knew, but that's a great way to remind me. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: And I think as spa owners, one <laughs> of the things that we don't do to help us in managing a crisis when it reveals itself is we keep everything bottled up in our minds. Yes. We run our business day in, day out with pride and with perspective and with intention. I never and show my
1: intention. clients. Yep. I never show my clients. I'm but sweating. But it's all in your brain.
0: Yes. You know, one of the ways to deal is to create tangible tools. Mm -hmm. And I refer to them as standard operating procedures. That's what I refer to as well. You know, that whole fundamental business thing. Um, But our industry, will call them protocols. And there's a lot of fun twists on words in the beauty industry with what a standard operating procedure is. But the fact is, is it's just a list of steps that help you address what you're doing. What's your opening procedures? What's your closing procedures? And it's
1: so necessary to document. And people don't realize that because I was only able, and I did not mean to interrupt you, but I was really only able to jump from being a solo practitioner to an employer was because I had my SOPs all documented. And that was really the only way I was able to quickly make that transition. And we were profitable within three months with all of my staff. And that was because... It was consistent from there wasn't they still stayed in a training with me for three months mm-hmm. but you have to document those and get it out of your head and in and there's an sop for everything yes. which you don't think about when you're just going about your daily business there truly is how do we get from point a to point b every single step of the way should be documented
0: well and accountability is like playing solitaire right with actual cards when you're playing solitaire of course you can pick up and move a card if you wanted to, to, to help kind of get you to the next right step of winning. And if you're playing solitaire, who's going to hold you accountable, right? right? You're playing the card game by yourself. Yes. But when you have SOPs in play, now you have a tool that can keep you accountable, which is only going to help you increase your productivity and your success, Agreed. which brings you more joy. Agreed. Because when you have solutions to problems before the problem arises, when the problem comes, you're like, where is the answer? Let me go flip through this binder and I will find the answer. And here's the thing I want everybody, because, you know, we look at standard operating procedures as a employer or multiple staff um, tool. The reality is the solo practitioners need to have that. 100 Exactly what I just said. It's about the accountability. Because when you don't have something to hold you accountable, you will fudge the numbers. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll make slight shifts, but then you lose track of the data. And that's what we're going to talk about. So with bit, yep, go ahead.
1: So, and I love what you just said there about um, your accountability, because there's something very magical, in my opinion. You know, we you and I talk about energy a lot, and I'm yes. very, very um, metaphysical, and I'm an alchemist with... Uh, creativity. So mm-hmm. there is something really beautiful and affirming and declaring like cosmic declare, you know, clarity. You're making a declaration when you take what you're doing and you put it out of your head and write it on paper. Absolutely. And as soon as you do that, that is sealed. You're it's, it's, it's created. It's part of manifestation. And so once you do that, over and over and over and over, and you follow your own procedures, you take your own thought out of it. And suddenly your business has, um, more merit behind it. You start utilizing, it it just elevates you every step of the way when you do that. Absolutely.
0: All of those things that come from that practice, I call invisible momentum. They're the things that lift you through the hard times that you don't see, you don't feel, you don't necessarily understand, but it is because of the consistent behavior Yep. and consistent practices that you build that momentum yes. in your brand, in your business, and in your financial success. Agreed. So it all comes down to one thing, better planning. Yes. Improved efficiency and increased productivity will reduce the number of crises you account, you encounter. However, you can't plan for everything. And if you get stuck in that space of thinking you need a plan for every single little thing, you get stuck in the planning process instead of the doing process, and I like to refer to that as analysis paralysis. And when I get, think that's where I'm at. When you get stuck <laughs> in that planning process, it's, it's good to get it all out on paper. It's good to get it all written out. Don't stop yourself from doing mm-hmm. things because you still need to be productive while you're planning. You still need to be doing activities while you're in the planning process because part of the planning process is not just writing it out it's doing it and then coming back to it and going sure what result did I mm-hmm. get did I get my desired outcome and being flexible with that outcome okay I didn't get I didn't my goal was to make ten thousand I made nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight dollars That's not ten thousand but that's still something we should celebrate oh yeah two dollars is not what we should not throw the baby out with the bathwater just because of two dollars. Mm-hmm. But now we can take the data and say, next time, how do I do it better? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's really what crisis management is all about. So let's talk about what happens when the storm hits. The key to successfully handling a crisis is to move quickly and decisively, but also carefully. The first thing to do when a crisis hits is identify the point of contact and make them aware of the situation, For this episode, I want you to assume that you're the point of contact because we're talking about solo practitioners. So if you're the point of contact for the crisis, what does it look like to engage in the crisis management process? Well, the first thing is, is you want to gather data and then analyze that data. You have to actually look at the information. A lot of us like to collect it, but then we never look at it ever again.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So some things to consider is what happened that made this crisis appear? And is it really a crisis? Yes. (laughs) Yes. What were the direct causes of this moment that feels stressful? What were the indirect causes? What were the things that might have been warning signs that you ignored that could have helped prevent you
1: And that's a big one. That's a big one, I feel like, for a lot of solo people because you don't have anybody that you can delegate to. So you get caught up in, at least when I was a solo, um, I would try to please, I'd say yes to all my clients. And there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. to be in the treatment room that you forget about actually working in your business, working, and that is... Um, a huge one, I feel.
0: Well, and I think when stressors arise, we get so microscopically focused on the problem.
1: Correct. And then we just put out fires.
0: Right. Yeah. But we never back up. Correct. Enough to say, well, what was the thing that led me here and how can I improve that behavior Mm -hmm. so that I don't find myself here again? Yeah. Because, hey, I don't like this feeling. No. And it's okay. You don't have to like it, but use the data. The other things to think is what happens after what's next in the process or what could happen. If you have answers to those questions, you now have an action plan to prevent it next time. You know, we don't want to get stuck in grief or in guilt because something went awry. We want to figure out what is the data in this moment that will allow me to better address this. Should it happen again? And if you are a solo that ends up going to a staff-based business, how can you help prevent your staff from feeling what happens next, right? You want to document that stuff. And then what events in your business are impacted? You know, a lot of times we like to tell ourselves the worst case scenario (laughs) and that's fine. Write those things down first to get them out and off, off of your mind. But drill down a little further. What else really was impacted and was the impact as big as your fear told you that it was going to be? I think that's really helpful in managing the emotional response to stress. And then consider who else needs to know about it. So we have people in our life that we go to when big moments happen, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. But when we get into business, it's important that we think about, and I'm really guilty of this, not to let our clients be the person we talk to. Yeah. As a solo practitioner, and I'm 100%, (laughs) any of my clients listening right now are going, really, Richard, we talk about everything. But it's important not to, especially when you're in a consumer business, not to dump on our clients. Yes. And it may feel like a conversation sometimes. So becoming hyper-aware of what you're doing. And guess what? The best way to stay on track is? What? Lee's looking at me like, oh no, I'm scared. Yeah, like what? A script? A standard operating procedure? Oh, yeah, that's true. That Having is. Having something mm-hmm. written out. You know, my consultation process is a consultation form. Yeah, but there's that's actually mine too. scripting mm-hmm. on it as well. Do I read it 110% of the time the exact same way? Absolutely not. But it allows me to stay on track, which helps with time management.
1: It becomes part of your second nature. It's just second yes. nature. Mm-hmm. So, and I do that with my staff a lot. Like they have, we've got um, scripts mm-hmm. and role playing in their manuals as far as how to talk with authority about your retail products and how to make it just a, a genuine conversation without the pressure being involved and. Going back to not dumping on your clients, I do hear that a lot from people who've gone to other estheticians. Like Mm. you become friends with these people, especially as a solo. It's an intimate relationship. You literally know what is happening in their lives and they come to you for you in addition Mm. to the service. So having that genuine um, affection for one another is really important. And that, you know, as it happens in conversations. But really, I find the best way to close my own mouth is to always ask about them and not reciprocate any of my details. And I'm very good at not over in like I'm very private about I feel like a lot of people are all talk and no action. And I am when I speak it, it, I do it. And so I'm very strategic with the words that I use, even if it's a genuine connection with Mm -hmm. somebody. I'm not I'm not holding anything back i'm just this is their time you're intentional about what i'm intentional correct
0: what's really cool and i think that's one of the reasons i love that we're co-hosts here is because i'm the exact opposite Mm -hmm. like polar opposite (laughs) you know i say everything (laughs) all the time and i'm pretty sure half of my facebook (laughs) friends have me (laughs) muted for 30 days Because you can tell when I'm going through something (laughs) by the content I'm posting. And And I
1: used to be that way. And maybe it's just because now I'm in my fifties and I'm super, nobody, number one, it's nobody's business. And number two, it, That takes, I have found for myself, it takes a lot more energy just to like vent and let it out because then I create a bunch of storms that I have to go back and clean up and be like, oh, sorry, I'm not really crazy. I just was pretending to be crazy that day. So you bring (laughs) up a very, well, you
0: bring up a very (laughs) valid point though, because I get a lot of messages privately where people say, did you really want to post that? And I will respond to people. I say, look, and, and this is my belief on it, which is why the behavior hasn't changed. My belief is that we are all going through something every single day. Yes, And my my purpose is to help give you tools and resources to say, hey, this was a messed up situation, but I'm going to keep going anyways. And that's where we go back to that toxic positivity is Mm -hmm. I've learned how to be intentional with my posts um, in a way that I'm talking about. Like right now, mental health is really big on my content and it's because there are things that are happening in my life that have made me focus on that topic and realize this whole world, not even just our country, our whole world is going through some very transformational perspective shifts around what mental health is, how we address it and how we show up more compassionately for each other And the fact is, is we all need a lesson. Look, we can all do a little better, right? Yeah. And so that's my justification, if you will. I post what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking because in my mind, somebody else may need to hear or see or experience that, hey, that business owner is struggling with, this too. Yeah. You know, I feel like on social media so often everything is so polished and so perfect and so yeah. pretty and so, 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 so how is that really inspirational?
1: And I really feel like the difference between, cause I like the fact that you post that you're truly authentic in yourself like that. And I'm truly authentic. If I choose to annihilate somebody, I've made that choice to Amen. annihilate them. And so, but I used to be just if I felt it, it would come out. Which I still I appreciate that authenticity about myself, but I've just had to kind of check. I've put a couple ancestors at my gates of mm-hmm. my um, verbal blah because um, always being in a wheelchair, I've had the gift of verbally
0: a high competence. Sense.
1: Yes, um, has really overcompensated for that. So mm-hmm. words and um, the mouth is the tongue is either will kill, bring, destroy or breed life. And so I've truly been very careful to, um, not say anything. If I can't, if I, if I don't say anything nice, I'm not going to say anything at all. However, I'm also not a uh, super fluffy love and light person by nature. I'm, mm-hmm. Let's do this shadow work. You know, yes. I want Let's to, to, yeah, I'm not afraid of getting ugly and here and all the bad stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, I want just genuine. So I feel like your posts, though, are never negative. Um, you may be heated and, and pissed, and you may just let it out there, but it never comes from a negative connotated spirit. And as somebody who does a ton of shadow work with people, I would be able to sense that really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, no, you're, you're, um, I think that that is one of the ways we balance each other out really well.
0: And I think that's, you know, really important for other business owners to hear because when I first got into this business and we first started talking about branding. One of the things that came up a lot was, "Well, can I can I do that?" And I'm, the first time I heard it, I was like, "Why are you asking that question?" But then it like kept coming up. This this like, "Can I be authentically me and bring the <laughs> can I bring my weird into my business?" Oh, yeah. It was really a place of concern for people and I'm like you will do so much better so much
1: better if you are not only
0: showing up authentically if you are showing up authentically as yourself every moment of every day then you are going to draw people that are aligned to you if you are showing up as somebody else you are going to draw the people that are aligned to that person and those are not your people, so they will suck the energy out of yes. your very being.
1: And that's why it's so important not to copy other people's branding and their aesthetics, for lack of a better word. Because I see so much in this industry that people just... They like what somebody else is doing, so they'll just regurgitate that in kind of their own muted way. However, it you can be truly that same way authentically and creatively with your own magic. And people... I feel like just kind of want a cookie cutter, pull it out of the box and Mm -hmm. plug it in and let's make a business that truly is not how it works.
0: And this isn't today's topic, but it all boils down to time management.
1: Yeah, it sure
0: does. You can create the same beautiful things that you love if you make a space in your schedule for it, which is one of the number which is part of today's content is. Creating space to have solutions before a problem means time management.
1: Yeah, and you know, just on that subject too, and I won't go into that because I know it's another podcast, but that's how I've managed my own panic in this situation. Where if I get a text at 2 a.m. from a client that can't, you know, has to cancel a $400 appointment, you know, in two Saturdays from now, okay. Um, Thank you for my first text of the morning. I see this. Thank you. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Of course, I love them. We moved them to January. It's fine. But what I've done to soothe my own self is create some of my small batch things. So creativity is so just to calm down. Mm -hmm. You have to find what keeps you therapeutic.
0: And if you follow me on social media, you've probably noticed I have about 14 apps that I start my day with that are all astrology, positive mind work, spirituality, and one of the things that has been a stream across a, a a string that ties them all together right now is when we're in these moments, take action. Yeah. Move your body. Yes. Shift around. And that's
1: how what the creativity does for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so
0: that is physically moving your body with action. Whether it's cleaning the house, whether yeah. it's going for a walk in nature, whether it's creating products mm-hmm. for your clients so that you can create new opportunities. The goal is though to create action move yes every agreed. single day agreed. And that's how you shake and redirect that that emotional response that comes up when we enter crisis
1: and sedentary so and, and then I'm going to stop I love this we can just go on and on my husband had cancer about 20 years ago and he had a bone marrow transplant and when he was at his sickest all of his transplant doctors would say You have to get up and move. You cannot be sedentary. A sedentary person will die. Mm -hmm. And even though you feel like you're going to die, if you get up and move, you will actually not, like you have to get up and move. So I think the same, and like with people who exercise and that, that sedentary energy can sit in your body too, other than, yeah, so.
0: And it sits there and it festers. Yeah. If it's not addressed, it will do its own thing and manifest in its own way, you know, you want to be able to identify the threshold of time and that action, what you're going to do with that. The time that you have before a situation moves out of your control, which is learning to identify before it's a crisis or before it becomes worse. So sometimes what happens is it'll, that energy starts to creep in the negative self-talk starts to creep in and we ignore those warning signs Mm -hmm. or we become paralyzed by them. Yes. Which kind of brings us back to this this ideology of movement, right? Getting up and doing something to address whatever the feeling is, even if it's a positive thing, even if it's something that's growth and you're excited about, it can still have weight that comes down on you and makes you immobile. And like the example with cancer, this is something that is heavy. This is not something that brings us motivation, yep. but it is still so imperative that we get up and move.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: But where do you move? What do you do? Yeah. What does that look like? Well, it all starts with having a plan and creating a plan. And we're going to give, I'm going to give you an example of a plan. Um, and I'm going to share a simple plan so that it's easy to kind of digest here. But the interesting thing about this format is it can be done with every single thing in your business. So once you've gathered the data, so what was the problem, all those questions that we laid out, right? You've gathered the data. Now it's time to organize it and put it into a useful form. Decide on the solution and then break those things down into movable parts And create a timeline. That's the one I think we always forget is creating that timeline. Yeah. So here's the problem. The first quarter status report is overdue for your business. The solution, create the report. The timeline, you have 48 hours to complete it. So for those of us that live in a space of procrastination, hands up, guilty. Me I know, too. Me too. Big time. Um,
1: I work better under pressure always. I think we tell ourselves that. Um, I really do, and it's unfortunate because then I freak myself out at the last minute.
0: It's interesting. <laughs> I I used to say that. I used to believe that. Um, and something that I've learned, I think more through my personal life than in my professional life, I have learned that... I would create situations that allowed me to have my back against the wall. Yes. So that I felt more empowered by the outcome.
1: And people will ask me, how do you get so much done? And I, I don't know how to tell them I procrastinate, but I shouldn't be so stressed out during all. I I just need to be more disciplined. So I understand.
0: And here's one of the interesting things that we get comfortable there. Yeah. We get kind of complacent there for lack of a better word. And When you start to implement these planned Mm -hmm. kind of behaviors, what you learn is that you have more energy. Yes. You actually produce more of the things that you love.
1: Yes. There's more time for.
0: Because what I never gave any thought to was that question, what happens next? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use drinking as an example. When you go out, you have a great time. You have a fun time with friends. You have some cocktails. Maybe throw back some shots. But there's a consequence, for lack of a better word, of recovery time. Mm -hmm. And we justify the recovery time because we say, hey, I had a great time. I got to see my friends and all these things. But that's still time Mm -hmm. that was lost. And time is one resource that you don't get to make up. Money comes, goes, flows, moves around. It's a tool that we get to use in our lifetime is the one tool that once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. You don't get to take time back. So I started to really value that sentence and really value time in a different way. And so I had to stop telling myself that I like working under pressure. Yes. Because I liked the feeling of accomplishment I liked the results that happened when I sat down and forced myself to do yep. whatever the task was. Hundred percent agree. But I didn't have to put myself where my back was against the wall, right? And I wouldn't have to deal with the emotional come down of that procrastination if I spread the pr- task over a couple of days. Yes,
1: hundred percent agree. So I
0: think that you know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I'm giving you energy advice I love for it. once.
1: I love that. Well, and you're exactly right because I find myself when I'm disciplined and I do write procedures or mm-hmm. I do follow my procedures, that all comes from times when I've procrastinated and waited and put myself under that pressure. So you're totally right.
0: Well, and I think a pandemic in our industry, for sorry for the word, <laughs> is we really thrive in a space of crisis
1: yeah because even though we're supposed to be so zen in our (laughs) touch it's like the it's
0: very it's i i find that to be an (laughs) ironic piece (laughs) about our industry we literally (laughs) are here to make people feel beautiful help them reduce their stress
1: behind the curtain
0: (laughs) we are all a bunch of (laughs) nutcases (laughs) so let's talk about what you need to make a plan There are four columns of data that need to be collected. The first, which is kind of self-explanatory, is what step of the process are we going to detail? The next is what is that step's details? What am I doing? Right. The third one, which is probably going to be the most difficult when you start to do this activity, is timeline. How long will that step take? To complete and I want you to be generous with the time mm-hmm. I don't want you to try to be overzealous and say oh it's five minutes when it's really a 20 minute task if you think it's a 10 minute task add five extra minutes just so that again you create a buffer to reduce stress and then the fourth column that you want to consider is what resources are required to accomplish this task so when you start thinking about a facial protocol yeah you can visualize this but Let's move it into those business tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So in this example, we're talking about a quarterly report. Step one is gather the budget information. What was our projections? What did we want to accomplish? What did we accomplish? Gather all of that information. And one of the resources that might be required is to connect with your CPA or bookkeeper, Right, So there are times when you're going to rely on somebody, which also means you need time management because if somebody else is involved in the process, we don't want to put ourselves in a space of blame. Well, I didn't get it done because so-and-so did it, or I didn't get it done because, right? If you accommodate and communicate in a timely fashion, everything happens within the proper timeline.
1: Especially when you have people who are paid like accountants or bookkeepers who are paid on time. Yes. And a lot of people in our industry are now moving towards time-based and- which is very um, cost-effective and, and profit-first. And I feel like if you are paying your CPA and you they're waiting for you, you want to make sure that you get your action items done to them as soon as possible so efficiency is money.
0: Which means if the Q1 report is due... <clears throat> so Q1, for those as a reminder, is January, February, March, which means your report may be due by April 10th. That means on April 1st, you are emailing the CPA and say, I need this data by the fifth, Yeah. right? And that's the protocol. Step two is gather the sales and marketing information. Mm-hmm. And here's the important thing is the numbers are easy to gather, but what I want you to consider in this example is what about the things that you did to get those sales? What was the marketing campaign? What was the marketing initiative? What action steps did you take to say, hey, this service is available this month and this is my desired sales outcome and this was my results? And what were the steps that you took within that quarter to achieve those marketing initiatives and sales goals? Step three is gather staffing information. So I know we're talking about solo practitioners, but again, we just but talked about staff. marketing. Yeah. You are a staff member, Mm -hmm. but we just talked about marketing. Do you have a content marketing manager? Do you have an email manager? Do you have support staff that are helping you execute these behaviors? And are you assessing the results based on their behavior? You know, one of the things I hear all the time is, can you just do my social media? And I ask them what their brand is. And they're like, I don't know. That's your (laughs) job. Tell me what my brand is. Well, that's why the complete spa business regimen is designed the way that it is, because you can't do step C without doing step A, and the course is designed to reinforce those behaviors. Step four is to take all of that information and write out a report, and I think this is the step where we as small business owners and solo spa practitioners really skip out on, is we gather the information, we review it, and then we shove it to the side. If you were to write out a report of this was the goal, this was the outcome, and this is how I'm going to improve it next time, and then take that information into step five and review and edit the report and also the standard operating procedure. Yeah. Now you have a clear task-based step-by-step protocol that if you get close to a deadline and you don't know where to start, Well, what step are you on? Mm -hmm. Have you gathered this information? Have you asked this person for what you need from them? And then the first time you do these things, time yourself. And like I said, add five or ten minutes to that time so that you can start to really have protocols that are efficient and effective.
1: I like how you are um, breaking this down into these steps because as you're talking, I'm realizing... um, two things that I need to change in my own business now as a result of talking about this. In Vane, at Vane, I have class itineraries, which is exactly telling my Sydney and and some of my 1099 instructors exactly how to, this is what you need in order to do this class. Mm -hmm. I want you to spend 15 minutes on the introduction. That includes this, 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 a tour. That includes setting their stuff down. It's literally broken down into small procedures within that procedure, Right. I um, haven't done that with vanity as far as each individual service, which would really help, especially with what vanity is going to be launching with doing the apprenticeship Mm -hmm. issue. So that's what I'm going to do then switch some of those things over to vanity. And then on vanity, what I do all the time with my employees is I have like a monthly or a quarterly review where I actually write out them a report, to 100% of the time, they know exactly where they stand every minute. So I should have done that with myself the entire time I was solo because it would have made me figuring out my own numbers less mysterious. It would have just really held me accountable from the very beginning. And I, I like that. So... well Well, done
0: and one step that i didn't put on here which would be step six is to have a staff meeting yeah um
1: literally talk to yourself that's what i did if you are a
0: solo so you and a lot of people might put the review and edit report as the staff meeting but that's really organizing still organizing the final information right it's like writing an essay you do the the rough draft and then that step is Mm -hmm. creating the final draft and any Mm -hmm. improvements in documentation that but then it's implementation yes, and executing the plan. You know, you need to have that built in. And that means the second time you do it, time yourself again. Yeah. What, this is what we thought was going to happen. This is what really happened. And how can we merge the two to still stay productive in a place that we're happy with? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing at the end of the day, a lot of people don't do these protocols because they're very time heavy to create but it's also those same people that are very frustrated yeah. and very stressed out. And these tasks, while they may not be fun, there's there are ways to make it easier for you. But also the end result is you are much happier as an individual. And that is, to me, more important than Agreed. money. agree yes. It's more imp- important than customer satisfaction because none of those things will exist if you are stressed out pulling your hair out and bald. Right. That's why I wear hats all the time. So as you execute the plan, you want to make sure that you continue evaluating if the plan is working. So a lot of times we'll have plans in place or we'll use another company's protocol, but we're not really using the protocol anymore. (laughs) You know, when you pull out that protocol and you're like, oh, yeah, but I if you pull out a protocol from another company and then you have to start reading the margins with all your notes about yep. how you switched out this cleanser yes. or you switched out this exfoliant and sorry, I'm using skincare cause that's the easiest one for me. But when you start doing that, it's time to write your own yes. protocol. It really, truly, truly, truly is. Um, which is another reason why I recommend time-based cause it's a lot easier to write protocols. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have 5,392 like a manufacturer who's trying to sell you product. Mm-hmm. You have to have protocols that are effective for your business. Yes. During the execution phase, it's important to stay organized and on top of everything that happens to make sure that your plan is still applicable. This will also help you deliver accurate and effective communication to others affected by the crisis. And we talked about others. I also want you to be very cognitive when you get into these moments, how much information you're dumping on family. We talked about clients, but family can often feed the frenzy in an attempt to help <laughs> they are not in your industry no, They love they have you no idea they love you and they want to see you succeed and so they are giving you advice from that perspective and that may not be the best perspective especially if you're in crisis mm-hmm. it could unintentionally add to the crisis versus reducing the crisis so let's think about what was learned in this conversation one of the things that I think is really important is we get to define future opportunities for growth. When I'm having a SWOT analysis conversation with clients, the number one thing they look at me and they go, What? So, for those that don't know, a SWOT analysis is where you review your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And the first thing we say to ourselves is, I don't want to reflect inwardly on myself. Well, you're not being asked in a SWOT analysis to look at your strengths, your weaknesses. Your opportunities, you're being asked to look at the business's strengths, the business's weaknesses, the business's opportunities, which means you don't just do it when you write the business plan. Mm -mm. I recommend you should be doing it monthly, but no less than quarterly.
1: And I say that all the time when people ask, when people hit me up for money as far as, Mm -hmm. and if I have to say no, because I've already done my volunteerism, I've already done my... Mm -hmm. Charitable donations, I'm like, uh, uh, whatever I have to say no about, it's truly because I've had to analyze what Mm -hmm. Vanity is going to approve (laughs) versus what Lee wants to do. And that is so important to let people know that they are not their business. They work in their business.
0: Well, and what you start to see is one process leads to the next process, leads to the next process, leads to the next process. And the more of those that you have documented and that you're consistently executing, the easier the top level activity, which is the one that usually is the really stressful one, it becomes easier because you start to break it down. One of the things we're going to talk about in our next episode is smart goals. And a lot of times when I give somebody this exercise, I get I want to make a lot of money or I want to make more money. We have to get really definitive on these steps. Mm -hmm. First of all, what does it mean? But what are the steps to get there? right? Mm -hmm. And that's where this behavior and this practice is going to be so beneficial. So when the crisis is over, when you've gotten back to a place of solid ground, take a moment to look at what happened, how you can prevent it in the future. In the example we used, our quarter one status report was completed, was not completed on time. It sounds like we actually didn't even start it on time at all. So the planning and prioritizing tools that we're discussing should help you prevent those kinds of emergencies in the future, which also prevent the emotional response and the healing time from the crisis. However, if you find that you're always adjusting and perfecting your approach, it's important to learn from those times and tools. Why are are you making so many adjustments? You know, a lot of times we throw the baby out with the bathwater when something doesn't go our way And that's where we get stuck in that analysis paralysis. If you're always creating a brand new protocol, you're not actually adjusting to the data. You're starting from scratch, which means you're resetting your momentum every time you do that. So instead, focus on assess the data, prioritize the outcomes, and make small shifts in the protocol. Don't start the whole thing over. Make small shifts. This is going to help you become better prepared for disasters, and it'll actually help you predict them. This is where financial forecasting comes in. It's yeah. looking at, this is what I want to do in the next year. This is what I think I can do in the next year, and how you create realistic goals and expectations in your business.
1: And I like that you, that you um, talk about financial forecasting, because um, financial forecasting was the only way that I could keep my numbers where I wanted them to be despite my illness and my taking myself out of the treatment room for four months, which and I didn't panic, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is huge.
0: And here's the interesting thing. We are really uncomfortable about talking about numbers, mm-hmm. but if your goal is to make $150,000 in the year gross annual revenue, and you break that down into the number of hours you're able to offer services, First thing you're going to realize is on average, you need about $97 to $140 an hour mm-hmm. to make $150,000, depending on how many hours you work. If mm-hmm. you work more hours, the number smaller. If you work less hours, the number bigger. Mm-hmm. But when we do that exercise with clients, every single time they're like, oh, that's all I have to make, I'm already making that. And what I have noticed is that there's this huge sigh of relief because you get to a celebrate a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. that you didn't even know you had because you weren't tracking the information, Mm -hmm. but also that is where the shift from 150,000 to 250,000 kind of happens magically. Yeah. Or if you're you're not financially driven, maybe you want to go on more vacations with the family. Maybe you want to buy a house. Maybe you want to get a new car. Suddenly, you're achieving those goals without working more. Correct. Without increasing your output. And it's those kinds of behaviors that give you a well oiled machine, but give you back your sanity.
1: Yes. And sometimes that is the currency for people. When I was, when my kids were younger, that was my currency. That was, I wanted control of my own time. And yes, that was so, so good.
0: Peace is something that we, I think, in this post-COVID world are really learning to revalue. Yeah. Um, And like I said, it all comes down with managing Mm -hmm. these things before they're in crisis mode and paying attention and making small adjustments. I think this was a really fun
1: topic. It was really fun. It's a deep one. It is a deep one. I think it's gonna be helpful. It's gonna be really, really, really great. I think that the fact that we both call them standard operating procedures is funny.
0: I mean, that's what the business world Correct. actually calls them. Um, and I try to imbue as many of those things in a positive way in our industry who seems so anti-corporate world. Right. Uh, which is fine. It is fine, but I, you still, I, still have to run a, a business.
1: You still have to run a business.
0: You absolutely have to run a business. And everything that comes across is not a judgment. That's the other no. thing that's really important about crisis management is learning how to respond to things. Mm-hmm. If, so Yen Van Zant has a quote. She said, fear... And pain are related. And pain means pay attention inward now. And pain can be discomfort. Pain can be something you don't like. It can be stretching yourself for the first time, right? It doesn't have to be negative. It just means I don't know what's happening and I don't like that I don't know. I feel out of control. So go inward. Reflect inward and say, why do I feel this way? What's missing? Because it's usually a missing piece. What's missing that is making me feel this way? And how do I prevent this from happening again? What do I need to put in place to protect my energy so I don't feel this way again? Because I don't like it.
1: No, I agree.
0: We announced during the launch party a $12,485 giveaway. Yes. There are five virtual tickets available, and we will be announcing the winners at the beginning of the year. But if you have not been listening, I want you to go follow Richard Merrill Consulting on Instagram and Facebook. I want you to follow Vain Industry Elevation on Facebook and Instagram. And you can even follow spocast.co on Instagram Look or SpoCast on Facebook.
1: Brennan yell out hi. Hi. He's not mic'd up today. That's our that's our producer. He's and here's the thing.
0: We're a business. We get visibility through your engagement. And I wholeheartedly my fundamental belief is that we want to reward mm-hmm. those who engage in the way that we want. And I am hopefully teaching you a behavior by example. If you reward people in a way and give them something that they want, you will get a result. So I want you to comment. What did you learn from the episodes? And you have to comment on each episode.
1: Oh, nice. Some of you are
0: only commenting on one episode or this episode. You have to comment on each episode to get that singular entry for commenting, you'll get a bonus entry for sharing, but you have to make sure you're tagging Richard Merrill Consulting, Vain Industry Elevation, and or Spokecast. You need to have all of us on there because if we don't get the notification that you shared us, how do we know to give you the entry? Right. Doesn't always let us see based on your settings. We may not be able to see that you share it. We could see somebody shared it. Yes. But it doesn't always tell us who. But if you tag us it overrides those security settings. Get involved. Tell us, what did you learn? Where do you need more support in I these topics? I love when
1: they comment on your posts, on your on that thread. It's so invigorating to, number one, hear what their questions are because they're such good questions. They are. And their feedback is so great. I love it. You know, one of the interesting things
0: is we do get a lot of engagement. We do get a lot of great questions and Everyone starts to kind of cluster around the questions, which means you're thinking it, somebody else is feeling it, it, which goes right back to where I started today's conversation. I post all the emotional stuff because we're all feeling it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's remove the stigma. Let's remove the discomfort and let's get comfortable with each other and really work through all of this because we're all feeling it. We're all going through it. We're all experiencing it. It may look different to each of us, but it is still here. Mm -hmm. And we are creating a community to support each other, uplift each other, so that we have an industry that we're proud of, our customers are proud of, and our leaders are proud of. Truly. And you are the future leader for this industry.
1: Yes. Wherever
0: you are in the career right now, if you are not already a leader, you are the future leader. Yes. Take pride in that. Get excited.
1: Get weird. Get weird. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have time for a question from the audience? I think we do. You have a question for me? Um, no, I do, I don't have a question for you, no. Let's see. Oh, do we, do we have a question? Down the bottom. I wall. think
0: so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, do I you got the He's not following along. Beep. Oh, I have one more reminder before we go into the questions.
1: <laughs> what? Sorry.
0: This was uh this that was good. You but, can't yeah. cut that out though.
1: No, you can't. Yeah, That's real life. That's real.
0: We're a mess up in here. That's real. Uh, The other way to enter into the giveaway, um, which is a bonus entry, which means you must comment on the social media or the other two bonus options don't count.
1: Yes, I like the fact that they comment too. I like that. You have to comment. Yes. But
0: if you or somebody you know would be an excellent leader... To highlight on our podcast, we are going to start doing guests appearances in 2023.
1: I'm so excited for that.
0: You guys might even hear Brennan's whole you vision. Will. The whole business be. <laughs> Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to <laughs> join us you in this go. craziness? Yes. We've got a referral just for you. So engage, comment, like, share, and let us know that you are enjoying the content we're creating. And ask questions because then you might get featured, just like Diane Quartel, who is a Hi, licensed Diane. esthetician and the owner of Skin Intervention Studio in I love New that Hope, name. Pennsylvania. Skin intervention. Skin intervention. That's yes, really ma'am. cool.
1: Love it. So she asks,
0: "How do you switch gears in this ever-changing <laughs> market?" I grind those bitches and hit the gas. Amen. <laughs>
1: Can we just talk about crisis? Everybody, calm down.
0: <laughs> well, see, it's a great. That's why. That's why this question is so important. But here's the funny thing that I have to say about this is, I'm not a trend follower. I never. No, have me been. either. Never. I've always worn whatever I wanted to yes. wear. I always do whatever I want to do. And I really am a fan of the old school basics yes. process of life. Like it doesn't. I'm not even just talking facials. No, me or too. Business like. I like things simple. Yes. And the more simple they are, the easier they are to execute. So I don't I don't buy into the sparkly, shiny object syndrome that is everywhere in our industry. You know, salespeople can't sell to me. They hate me. Yeah, And that's one really thing that I was blessed with before I got into this industry. Thank God, because I'd be really broke. I'd be living at, you know, Cannon Center, <laughs> the home for the... Person's experience in homelessness because yeah. my money would go into. I mean, how often do you go to a trade show? Yeah, and some new shiny oh, thing gosh. that's been repackaged, and they're like, "It for the low, low price." Uh, I can I tell you care. a couple of
1: mistakes that I made.
0: <laughs> well, tell us the mistake, and then tell us how that. Tell us the standard operating procedure that <laughs> came from that mistake.
1: Correct, I will. And you know what you just said about um, liking things simple. So, I. Diane, this is a great question. So in addition to how do we switch gears, I try to stay calm. But also I try to look at my longevity in the industry. And so when you think of somebody like Richard, and you've been here for 16, an esthetician for 16, 13, 13 years. 13 as of years. of December 2nd. Yes. And you were in the make. so you've been in the beauty industry for how many years?
0: 22 Yep, and me,
1: I've been 25. Yep, so we're totally on the same page. And I feel like my longevity in this career has kind of taught me that the beauty industry is always going to change as an industry itself, because people are always attracted to the new shiny things. And then you add social media on top of that. And then you add the more sly things, the marketing people, marketing campaigns that cost millions of dollars to get people in the door. And then you add um, real life issues of money and inflation and budgets and and it is just a complete, all the rules that were you know, on the playing field for consumer behavior prior to COVID do mm-hmm. not apply now. So we always have to prepare, the beauty industry, you have to prepare for an ever-changing market all the time anyway, because mm-hmm. there's always something new. And if it's not new, they're just going to repackage it and make you think it's new. Mm-hmm. And that is, I feel like the level of expectation is that it's always going to be an ever-changing market. And me just radically accepting that is why I just don't get fearful of that.
0: One of the cosmetic brands that I worked for in the direct sales side of things, um, the CEO of that brand used to always say the fringe predicts the future. Yes. And he said, if you watch the outliers and you watch the ones that most people are calling crazy, In five years, and 10 years, those are the leaders. Those are the ones that are getting the innovation awards. Those are the ones that people discounted. And when you discount somebody, all you do is feed their fire. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear somebody tell me no or that's crazy, I'm like, watch me.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I don't
0: stop. So I think that's a really valuable thing to keep in mind, especially when you're talking about competing I think is the word we're going to use here competing with all the changes that are happening mm-hmm. you know i don't staying w- relevant yeah you can stay relevant using ayurveda
1: correct you can stay relevant just being authentic yes. that's how you stay relevant
0: you stay relevant because instead of being a tri-colored apple you're now a beautiful metallic apple right right there are ways to make adjustments that don't recreate the wheel that keep you fresh keep you relevant and the thing is is it really comes down to be your authentic self yes, 100% and of the time and expect
1: a constant change because yeah. that's the only thing that the only thing that is constant correct is, is change. change yes
0: well we want to respect everybody's time we thank you so much for listening and joining us on this adventure again as a friendly reminder next episode we are talking about smart strategies for your spa business in 2023 we will help you execute an action plan right on that episode so make sure to bring your pen and paper That's going to be a good one. It is. And it's so timely right now. We are getting ready. We have so much to celebrate as we close out 2022. We have so much to look forward to as we prepare for 2023. And Lee and I and Brennan are here to support you, motivate you, excite you, and stay tuned because you're going to start seeing fresh faces next year. I'm
1: excited. Thank you so much for letting me join this, uh, this new gig we got going. It's very cool.
0: I have never felt so authentic in anything that I've ever done. Ooh. And I was really scared about doing this podcast. So real life moment. I was really scared about doing this, but I am. This is my happy place. Now.
1: Yes, I love that.
0: Wow. I, I, You know why? Because I don't listen to the trends. Mm-hmm. I do what I want when I want and how Same. I want.
1: Same. Keep, keep listening. I've always keep been engaging. out of style. <laughs>
0: Style is as relative <laughs> as everything else. Exactly. <laughs> Just because I would there people I love grunge on other people, it's sexy. <laughs> Don't let me put it on. I look like a fish out of water. No ma'am. No oh. pam. No spam. Well, thanks All right, for you
1: joining us, everybody.
0: Have a great week. Have a great holiday. Yes. And we will catch you on the next episode. Talk soon. See you
1: later.